Welcome to the Golf Chat Show. We chat all things golf, from random topics to the latest news. If you need some golf chat, this podcast is designed for you. So if you're on the way to work, at the gym, on the course, on the range, hitting some putts, or just need your golf fix. Let's just play some golf. We're here to chat some golf, so get ready and relax. It's now time for the Golf Chat Show with your host, Gatch. Uh, welcome back to the Golf Chat Show, where guess what? We're chatting about some golf. Um, this episode, I've got a, a, a guest on. He is the golf PT. That's the golf PT. He's not just a golf PT. He's the one. Um, it's Ray Jakeman. Um, thanks for coming on, mate. Much appreciated for you to come on and uh, giving me an hour of your time also. Thanks for no, that. you go. Thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to this. It's, uh, we've got some great bits to talk about. Yeah, it should be cool. Cool. Um, just for, I mean, obviously I've followed you on social media and then that's how we sort of connected that way. Um, for the guys that don't know who you are, I know you're Midlands based where I am, of course. Um, just, do you want to just give a quick intro about who you are, what you do, et cetera, et cetera. Just a quick two, three minute thing, whatever. Yeah, whatever yeah, of course. Yeah. So I think, I think the title, the golf PT kind of starts it off and gives everybody a <laughs> good, good idea. Hopefully there was a bit of thought that went into that. Not going to lie. Um, but yeah, ultimately, my aim, and, and as we're seeing somebody like, especially at the moment, the hot topic of Bryce and DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy, I think we're starting to highlight and starting to see that golfers, we're starting to realise that we are actually athletes. Golf is a power and uh, a power and speed sport. Um, and I know there's a, 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 a kind of an area of golf that don't want it to go that way, but every sport we try and get quicker, faster, stronger. Why not golf as well? And we can use that to our advantage. And that's where ultimately I, I come in. Uh, I work with a range of clients from kind of, mid-teen high handicappers getting them moving a little bit better right through to kind of full programs with kind of touring professionals um, and ultimately my aim is to help them become stronger to ultimately not only swing the club quicker but also stave off injury as well um, and, and ultimately whether you're a pro or an amateur ultimately enjoy the game that, that we both and, and everybody listening and enjoy and love if we can play better we're going to enjoy the game more we're going to probably practice more and we're going to probably play a little bit more and it's a bit of a self-fulfilling cycle and part of that comes in is ultimately is getting your body working as well as possible. It's the only bit you use on every shot. Everybody says, oh, it's the golf ball you use all the time, but we don't. If you're like me, I lose maybe one or two around, you change your golf ball. The body is the only thing you use on every shot. So why should we not be taking some time to look after it? Uh, golfers will quite happily go and spend £400 on a new driver because it will give them an extra yard or two. I can guarantee I can give you more of that if you give me four or five weeks. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never thought of it that way. Yeah, you do literally on every shot, then yeah, on everything. Yeah, yeah, I've never thought of it like that. Everything. And it, it comes right down to, and it, it comes right down to even like fitness and strength and walking up the 18th, 16th, 17th, 18th, people having kind of a couple of blobs the last few holes because they're not very fit. It comes down to even that and making the right decisions. If you're, if you're carrying your bag and you're a little bit unfit and, and, and maybe not as strong as you need to, you get over the ball and you're maybe a bit fatigued, a bit tired right, well, hang on a minute, am I going to take the right club? Are you going to make the right decision in the first place? We're a bit tired. Well, we need to hit an eight iron instead of that nine iron. Oh, I'm going to go after it with a nine iron. Well, actually, let's, let's kind of take that, that out of it so you're flushing it all the time. Yeah, cool. Okay. Um, I was going to, I, tradition is we, we go for a quick fire round. Before that, I always try and ask one random question. And okay. I read somewhere that Shambo was doing 30-odd protein shakes and a pizza a day while working out. Is that is that... Is that You'd probably know a lot more than I would. Well, you'd definitely know a lot more than I would. Is that is that uh, a thing? Could that happen? Uh, and and I mean, I'll put that way. I suppose, yeah. I mean, ultimately, to put muscle, like to put mass on. Let's be clear about this. He's kind of claimed that he's put on muscle mass. He has definitely do. He has also put some fat mass on because it is very difficult to put just muscle mass on that quickly in that shorter period of time. It, it just doesn't happen. Right. Um, he could definitely be taking that many shakes uh, and uh, and drinking, eating a pizza each day. I, I wouldn't have thought so. 30 shakes a day is a lot. It's That's an say. awful lot. And, and the way I would always look at it with clients is, is food over supplements. So let's get what you're eating and drinking, i.e. food, right. And then we then look at supplements, i.e. protein shakes, creatine, vitamins, yeah. etc. from there, if that makes sense. So 
the pizza bit that makes birth that, that I could understand it's high calories he needs high calories to put muscle mass on um, the 30 shapes a day yeah I don't, I don't know about that one maybe over a week possibly um, I might have misread it then but yeah, I did think yeah. somebody said 30 odd and I thought nearly in a day I thought that's a lot of shakes that, I'll yeah I mean you, you, your time. gut's not going to be liking you for that one you're, uh, you're, you're not going to your gut your gut and your stomach aren't going to be liking you that one 30 <laughs> shakes in a week yeah that that, yeah. that would that would be possible it'd still be it'd still be a lot so it's extreme either way whichever way yeah you yeah, yeah, yeah yeah definitely yeah cool um quick fire round so these are literally just something that, yeah. that you'd probably be able to answer pretty quickly what annoys you golf wise it could be work related it could be just playing right. could be anything and I, I think i've already said it is is if golfers go in and this is a passion of mine is all oh, bias obviously right i'll go and spend 400 pound on the new telemade m driver because it <laughs> tells me i'm going to get it so so much further golf fitness and, and actually moving a little bit better nah no, i just don't i don't see it right. <laughs> literally uh, to use a uh, a phrase, it grinds my gears to to steal a a, a kind of a quote from a famous TV. Show. Yeah, it really really grinds my gears. The thing is, though, if anybody's watching golf now, the proof's in the pudding just right there, just by watching a bit of golf for the last three weeks. Yeah. Totally, yeah. totally, and, and the real big. Yeah, I'll, we'll come on to that in a bit because I know we're going to speak about possibly talk about Deshambo a little bit later on. I won't quick fly around. I won't go. I'll, yeah. I'll get off my step box a little bit. <laughs> cool um you got any superstitions superstitions when you play do you know what no actually it's one oh, of the things funny. i yeah i hate to say it, i was a hockey player who played golf socially and then picked it up and playing with clients i suppose my superstition was i don't spend ages over the golf ball in practice you'll see with quite a, a lot of my clients turn around and go oh you hit the ball pretty quickly i'll stand up i'll pick what i want to do and i'll do it and not not try not to overthink it and in my personal opinion, that's the best way to do it, mate. That's what I've always done. There's no messing about. Boom. Um, I can guess it myself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, dream four ball. Doesn't have to be necessarily golfers. It could be anybody else that you fancy thinking, I'll get them in a round of golf. But who's, who's your four that you're thinking? Or, or so, three plus you? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, for me, oh, it's really sad. I'm going to say Woods just because it'd be... Tiger Woods would be phenomenal. It would then probably... I think Jack Nicholas just because it hit, it'd be also really cool. And then a bit of a curveball one. And it, I can't quite make my mind up, but I'd be looking at somebody like uh, Michael Jordan, sporting athlete, enjoys his golf. And just that uh, I've been watching, we've been watching, we're partway through watching The Last Dance on Netflix, me and my wife, and yeah. just seeing his dedication and his passion to sport and, and all the issues and everything that he had to grow up with and, and deal with to become MJ, uh, to spend four hours with him, just to sap a little but I just understand a little bit of his mentality man him and Woods together just yeah and somebody like Jack Nicholas as well yeah that'd be phenomenal yeah that's probably it. that's a very good for free but well free ball to join you I think yeah I've just watched it myself and I had no I had zero knowledge of basketball zero yeah. knowledge and I watched it for oh okay god I didn't realize he went through all that just become the brand sort of speak if that makes sense well yeah totally so uh yeah no cool okay um favorite golfer or have you sort of answered that already with Woods? Yeah, probably Tiger Woods just because of what he did to the game. I think, yeah, just yeah, probably yeah, probably Tiger Woods at the moment. I think Deshambo obviously has to be at the moment. Uh, just such an interesting one to see what happens over the next six, twelve, eighteen, twenty-four months. Really, yeah. Okay, um, you're hitting balls on the range. You're practicing. I know you said just off recording <laughs> that you don't hit, you don't practice too much because you haven't got the time. Or I'll change it a little bit for yourself. You're working out. Is there a podcast? Yeah. Or music you're listening to and if so what is it uh so if i'm training then uh i tend to go back to kind of the the 80s 90s early noughties kind of r- rocky kind of movie and uh, music so we're talking a bit of stereophonics red hot chili peppers bit of nirvana in there those that kind of vibe we've got a couple of playlists on spotify's which are like noughties 90s 80s rock classics acdc those kind of bits and pieces typically what goes on and I'm I'm well known in the gym at work for oh raise on tunes because of that kind of stuff is on rather than <laughs> rather than techno dancey kind of stuff. I would prefer that if I was going to a gym or oh, I used to when I was younger, but if I was going to a gym I'd prefer that type of music I think than just yeah some random dance song of what's it just get this off. Yeah, yeah I mean yeah I don't mind a bit but yeah I, yeah that kind of stuff is much more what I'd listen to. Cool. Um and we're all doing it as all golfers you get we all get given golf gifts most of them are just pants most of the time and uh, 
a thought that I think is a good idea and it's not, and that's not no disrespect to the person getting yeah. the gift. You don't have to name them shame, so I'm not going to ask no, you no. to do that. Um, but worst golf gift you received? Um, I think the one uh, it was a, it was bought as a bit of a joke present uh, by a friend of mine was uh, one of the 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 toilet put in mat things. <laughs> I've had that already. <laughs> was quite funny. Uh, so yeah, so that was probably the the, the worst the, the worst one. I did get a good one the other year, which was like a laser liner for your putter, which I thought was quite cool um, because my flat stick isn't always the best. But yeah, yeah, it definitely has to be that that one there. Cool, cool. Um, and now going into sort of your career, I guess, um, and sort of how it went because I looked on your website and you've done other sports as well. I mean, you've done other bits and bobs, um, and then sort of by the looks of things, settled on golf, shall I say? And um, where did it all start? Just to take me back to how you sort of go right, PT. That's the career for me, and then also in golf, I'm going to merge the two, and away we go, type of thing. Uh, yeah. So, so I, I, I think we set set off kind of off recording. Um, I'm still I work at the University of Birmingham part time. So yeah. I'm a I'm a strength and conditioning coach. So I did my degree in sports science. Kind of was then looking around like you do getting towards year three. Right, what can I do for a living? And we had some talks. And one of them was actually Leeds Rhinos, so a rugby team up north. Uh, he was the S and C coach came and did the presentation, and I went. That seems pretty cool. Spent my final year getting some work experience. Did a post grad, and then fortunately landed a, a role at Birmingham Uni a fair few years ago and started working uh, across all sports and still do at the moment as well. So kind of working athletics, uh, athletics, archery, a few other sports as well. Um, and then Birmingham, um, Birmingham University are one of the two universities in the country that do um, the uh, degree in golf management, which basically yeah. means if you want to become a teaching professional, you can either go and work in a shop and do it um, remotely, or you can come to either university or I think it's the University of Outer Hebrides. It's up in Scotland is the other one, I believe, UHI. Um, you can do a degree there, so three years, and it's all accredited by the PGA. Uh, because of that, Birmingham, we had a couple of good golfers. They came on scholarship, and and I got assigned to work with them because I played a bit of golf at the time, and that was that was where it really started from there. But for me, two of the golfers left. They graduated and went. Ray, we want to we want to still work with you. We want to kind of push on, and we want to see how far we can take our playing career. And that's where the golf PT started, um, probably four or five years ago, I suppose, and just started part time a little bit, looking after one or two athletes start to meet other coaches and it, it slowly snowballs until I think last year I went part-time at university and set up a, another gear really. Cool, cool, cool. So um, you said you, you dealt with like Leeds Rhinos is it? and you're saying you do a bit of archery now and stuff or you have done in the past. Yeah. Is there other sports that, you, that, you, that you've done in the past or do from time to time? Uh, as in work with so privately I, I, I work with a couple of a couple of runners I've got a, a top 100 ranked in the world female squash player that I work with as well privately and then the university I still lead the program from a support S&C support for the athletics endurance program like I said archery and and still quite embedded in those programs um, looking after there uh, so yeah kind of a full range of rugby union rugby league uh, worked in men's women's football um, uh, so yeah yeah quite a, quite a few sports worked in which is which is cool and it's I think that's one of the big things for me is trying to bring the stuff that we might do with those sports in into golf. Admittedly, yeah. kicking and screaming sometimes, but you can see 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 the the impact that it can have uh, on a golfer and how much just how much better they play. Cool, cool. Okay, yeah. I was going to say there'd always be some crossovers, wouldn't there? I'd guess at some point, I suppose. And, and yeah, yeah, massively. I mean, they're, they're like really. I put a post out the other day about some hydration, uh, some playing in hot weather, uh, which golfers we might not really look at. It's a summer sport, and we do it all the time, but other sports, football, rugby, we think about it all the time. They pre-call, they post-call rowing. Exactly, uh, they look at their hydration status before they're on, uh, uh, before and after they're on and off the water. Yet golfers will just kind of rock around. And again, we get to 15, 16, 17, we, we become a bit dehydrated. You only need a 2% drop in hydration levels to, to have a significant decrease in cognitive performance. So if you become dehydrated, you're going to make the wrong, you're, you're more likely to make the wrong decision. I need to carry it 165, okay? Well, is it downwind or upwind? Okay, make that wrong decision. All of a sudden, you're in the bunker. You don't like playing out of a bunker, and it's a four stab out of there, and you've gone from a great score to a horror, and you've still got three holes to play. Um, so yes, it's taking those sports science kind of principles that are that are um, uh, the norm in other sports and trying to bring them into golf, and and we've seen some big improvements. Yeah, I, was gonna say, I didn't know it was literally two percent drop in hydration could literally just. Yeah, yeah. It make that much of an effect. You wouldn't think it would. You're not playing golf anyway, like I say. No, but yeah, I mean, you think about it, it, it it's not necessarily that intensive. By you're not sprinting loads, yeah. that you sweat loads. But you think about it with golf, we, we're walking for four hours in the sun as well. Yeah. If, you, if you're an athlete, 
a footballer, you might be playing in a, in a stadium that might be half shaded. Uh, there aren't many courses that are going to be, uh, well, unless you're, unless you're in the trees a lot like myself sometimes, um, you're not going to be in the shade that much on a sunny day. Yesterday and, yesterday and, uh, and, and Tuesday, I had a couple of clients playing in, in the Jamiga and the Rose series events, and they were both teeing off, one teed off in the morning and was done by, done by 11.30, 12 o'clock, whereas the other one didn't tee off in the Rose. She didn't, Flick didn't tee off till I think it was at 10, either, it was around about 11 o'clock-ish in, right. the, in the morning. It might have been a little bit later. So she's hitting midday yesterday. So it was got 28 degrees at 11 o'clock yesterday in Birmingham. Uh, it got up to 33 degrees in in in, uh, in London. We 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 don't mind that if we're sat next to a pool, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly that. Um, just going on to sort of bits and bobs. I know there's the um, TPI stuff that has come out, especially with golf over the last few years. I'm I'm assuming you've probably looked at that and done that, have you? Or yeah, so uh, yeah, so I mean, my background and my, my my education is is to work with like elite athletes. I've done my TPI partly because it's it, it, it's a good thing to have a knowledge, and a lot of golfers are starting to realise that they need to look for it. Um, it's not the be all and end all that I know a lot of people are. There's a there's a few people probably like myself that have done it because it's a great badge and a great a, a great company to be associated with. But you might not need that. That sounds really harsh, I know, but it's it's kind of it bring it, it's almost like a right. I've got it. I can work with golfers because we're golfers as a, as a, as a nature of a people we we like to stay to what we know. Um, and if, if you've got your TPI people go, actually, they do understand the golf swing. Uh, they do some great stuff. Um, their level one is really good from my point of view to, to upskill coaches. Um, and that's what it, I believe what it was originally designed for. The TPI level one is actually mainly aimed at coaches to go, right, well, hang on, they're not swinging or we can't get them doing what they need to do. Well, how can we improve it? Well, that, again, go back to my point earlier, your body's the only thing you use on every shot. Well, there might be something wrong with the body here. Well, if you can't, if you have a slide, a sway, you can't get to a full turn, you early extend, well, well why? And, it, and it's starting to look at that, not just working around a problem, but understanding a problem and trying to correct it and improve it. Cool. I, I know that um, somebody told me, and he was on, I think, well, what, what somebody's told me in the past that, you can literally get somebody to do an exercise and understand then what's wrong with the swing. That's pretty much what TPI is. Have I got that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the TPI process is a process of so many uh, screening and assessments, uh, which then look at and kind of then can be related back to golf issues or golf limitations. Um, like I said, it, it's, it's originally aimed at kind of coaches um, yeah. and then other practitioners. And then you can kind of specialize. You can then do your fitness level two, level three, golf coaching level two, level three, physiotherapy level two, level three. Um, the, with those kind of courses across the board, not just TPI, other, other things, whether it be CrossFit, weightlifting, et cetera. Um, sometimes we simplify it to make it, it, it understandable. The body doesn't always work quite as simply as going, right, you've got an issue at your right shoulder. Therefore, you must do this. Uh, case in point would be with a client that I, start, I started working with last night. We, we assessed and tested him and he was struggling with his left-handed golfer was struggling with his right hip. Um, so when he was turning into it. Um, now, typically we might look at that right hip and go, well, can we assess that and improve that? His hips were fine. It was actually a shoulder issue that he had in his opposite side and that we improved that left shoulder and his right hip actually then lost some of the pain and discomfort from there. Um, so the body doesn't always work quite as simply as we sometimes want it to. Um, there, there needs to be potentially sometimes a bit more of a further detail and what the TPI teaches you is that it's again that thing of if you don't know and you've tried all you know you refer on to somebody that might know and that's I think the biggest thing we can do as golfers and golf coaches and golf practitioners is I, I don't I don't try and change people's swing I try and help them move a bit better so that them and the coach can ultimately get what they want to do we work as a team that's the great thing about TPI highlights that and I think that's what also golf coaches hopefully would then refer out to people like me Matt that have got that background and knowledge in from a fitness point of view. You've got an injury, you go and see a physio, those kind of bits and pieces from there. Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Um, I know, what, what's the, obviously for your main qualification itself when you work with other sports, what's the main thing you take from other sports or the main one thing that you, you've gone, well, have, we're going to take that from, say, I don't know, rugby as an example and go, right, we're going to put that into golf or to golf swings and, and so on and so forth to wrap the client. Is, is there something that you've gone, we're nicking that because that's brilliant. Um, I think it's just a general kind of thought process around being more, first and foremost, is being more of an athlete. Ultimately, if you look yeah. at, we, we look at it, um, I think somebody said it on the Sky Sports uh, commentary the other day. If you look at rugby professionalism back in the 90s, they went from blokes that used to wear cotton baggy tops that used to run around and have maybe a pint afterwards to, to true athletes. And I do believe we're probably starting to see that. And that's been happening over the last couple of years in golf. 
Um, so I think first and foremost, it's, it's becoming more of an athlete um, and that will massively help your golf game. And then it's strength training and not being afraid of strength training. Strength training won't, can it, it can injure you, don't get me wrong, but strength training is probably one of the best things that you can do to decrease your injury risk. Um, so I think, yeah, again, that would be the two things is, is becoming more of an athlete and actually just getting strong and not being afraid of it. Mm. I was going to say, that's one of my next questions. People say, you know, there's always that rumour, isn't there? And I always remember working in golf and reading articles and stuff saying, well, you don't want to bulk up too much because that means you want to have the flexibility in the swing. But then I've started to read stuff where it says, well, that's just rubbish. And if you look at DeChambeau as an example, or even Tiger, it's just yeah. not the... Because he was one of the first ones, wasn't he? And then Gary yeah, yeah, back in the day as well. That sort of innovated the whole fitness behind golf. Um, I, I guess that's not true, is it? I, I'm assuming from probably you're going to tell me something different, maybe. But I'm guessing the whole let's bulk up to hit the ball further because. But the problem is you'll be not as flexible. I suppose that's just a myth. I guess. Uh, I mean, to a certain extent, yeah. Um, I think with everything, if we do something badly. It ain't going to go very well in that, uh, from that point of view. If you yeah. try and drive a car badly, it's not going to end pretty. If you drive <laughs> it pretty well, you, you go, you're going to be okay. Uh, I use a lot of car analogies. It's a simple thing that works in my head. <laughs> works, <laughs> works, in, works in my head, dude. Um, but yeah, if you do something badly, it ain't, it ain't, going, to, ain't going to help you out. Strength training, if done well, using full ranges, using the appropriate load, correct reps and sets, and, and kind of correct exercises, are going to have a big impact and, and an improvement on that. Um, it's the old adage of you shouldn't squat to depth. You can't let your knees come over your toes because it's bad for your knees. Well, why? If we look at the reason why it used to be thought like that, that's actually complete rubbish. And actually, if we don't squat to depth, that's potentially where we are then going to cause those potential flexibility issues. But they can be, they can be corrected. Um, they can be corrected and improved. And yeah, strength through range is, is one of the best things for not only flexibility, but also injury risk reduction as well. And, and who doesn't want to be playing golf more often? That's, that's also the main thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one quick question. I'm going to just sort of peter off a little bit. You say you said earlier about yeah, that 400 yard, that 400 pound driver might get you one to two to three to five yards. And I yeah. even remember it from back one of my old jobs uh, working in golf was fitting golf clubs. And you're like, you know, is the five yards worth it for 400 quid or whatever? Um, but is what what's the biggest gain you've seen off off a client? Shall we say in terms of distance or just overall fitness to be able to make better decisions or? So Neil won't mind me mentioning this. He's a member at Hagley, a client I've worked with for over a year. Uh, he's got a background in sports who so was relatively fit and relatively mobile. And we put a good quality strength program in him. Within 12 weeks, we had seven mile an hour added to his club head speed on a seven, eight, eight mile an hour on a uh, eight, uh, seven iron added to his uh, club head speed. Partly down to some movement stuff and, and some education around not only moving a little bit better, but also learning and knowing how to move a bit better. But also then, then a good quality. Let's get get strong and get powerful. Yeah, yeah. Okay, God, that's quite um, an yeah, yeah. And and the reason I say it was a seven iron and not the driver. The driver number actually didn't improve as much. But we found that was actually he wasn't then able to apply the force he was creating. We changed his club and changed the driver, which is where we did then invest in a new club because he needed it. He'd gone from a yeah. a light regular shaft to something a little bit heavier. And a little bit stiffer, he could then feel the shaft, head, uh, the shaft like he, he he needed to, like you could do in his old driver, and then that went up as well. But it's not a fair comparison between his old driver that didn't work for him compared to his new driver that did. So the seven iron, which were stiff shafts already, yeah, we had a yeah had a kind of seven eight mile an hour improvement on a on a seven iron. Now I suppose that's where you work with coaches, isn't it? To get the if you're doing that, you've got to get the right equipment, and if you get the totally. right equipment, you'll see the results. It's yeah, and it's it's a bit circle, yeah, it's a, it's a full circle, and that's the thing I think also for for coaches not to be afraid of because I know some coaches go well they're going to go and see somebody who knows about the body and they're not going to come back and see me, and that's not totally what I'm about. Like I want to help this golfer, I want to help our clients move better, get stronger because they're going to need to come back and see you because they're going to hit some better shapes. They're going to hit the ball a bit further and they're just going to move quicker. They're going to need to learn how to do that. Um, so therefore, they, the, the coach is really important in this. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, even Deshamba, I know he, the cost element's not there for the guys on tour yeah. because they've got the tour value, but I guarantee he'd have to change all his shafts he, in his clubs. It would be oh, something he probably would have had to do because he's gone up 10, 15 miles an hour or whatever he's done. I, I don't know what, do you know what, actually, I don't know what spec he's playing with, but I'd be really interested to see what he, what, what, steel pole he's played he's playing within that yeah, driver yeah. um yeah it'd be really in intrigued to, i'd love to know what the specs are like length wise as well because i'd be really interested to see if it's still standard length or similar length to what he had beforehand 
just I don't know there are there are a load of little tweaks we can make into the golf club as you you'll know from from yeah, fitting, yeah. where we can add a couple of mile an hour to the clubhead speed which which if we get a good smash factor you can exponentially one mile an hour clubhead speed is normally three mile an hour um, ball speed so you can kind of play about with those could or could play about with those kind of bits and pieces yeah cool go back into the workout side of things now yeah um, how does say so obviously I mean like yourself. Yeah, all right. I'm overweight. Yeah, all right. I'm probably not the fittest I've ever been in my life. And that's partly down to stop playing football, and rugby, and probably yeah. not playing as much golf. But how does a golf workout, say something with you, would differ totally from say your PT? You've probably answered this, but from your sort yeah. of standard PT guy down the gym. What, what's the for a golfer who's going right? I'm going to get fit. Do I get golf fit or do I just get fit fit? What's the, what's the type of main difference between say you and your PT down the gym? Do you know what? The session may potentially look not too dissimilar. You can put me next to somebody and, and it might not look dif- uh, not too dissimilar. It will look, we're still going to squat. We're still going to jump. We're still going to push. We're going to pull. We're going to do some fitness work. We might do some bike work to warm up with. We could do some movement work. We're going to do some core work. So on the whole of it, it looks pretty simpler, but it's the thought process that comes behind it. Well, why are we doing those exercises? It's not simply to get you sweating and get your heart rate up so that you walk out of it feeling like you've worked really, really hard. That you go, ultimately, you will hit the golf ball better. You will score lower because of it rather than just getting fit in general. So the byproducts of that are we will aim to get you stronger. We will aim to get you more mobile. And we probably will aim to kind of look at body composition as well. But that is all down to getting you hitting the golf ball better from there. And the order of priorities might be slightly different um, as to which bit we go through. Um, but the, the main thing is it, it's tailored around that, that client to ultimately make them play golf better. Cool, cool. If you had, I'm going to ask you to talk about injury yeah. prevention and so on and so forth earlier, and, and obviously you're going to have different probably age groups come to you, no doubt yeah. about yeah, it. Of course. Um, if somebody comes to you with a bad back, as an example, or somebody's not very flexible, is there certain things that you do straight away, or what should they be looking at to do to get that sort of sort of back pain stopped? Is there before working out, or could you just go yeah. back and some exercises and away we go? Yeah, so I mean, typically with with everything, first thing is we, we need let's assess and find out what what's going on because back pain is a real chronic, long term potentially issue, and it it's so multifactorial. Um, typically, general rule of thumb with golfers, and this is a sweeping statement that doesn't always roll roll them. So if somebody pops up and goes, "That wasn't me," I appreciate it's not everybody. Typically with golfers, we're both doing it now. We're sat down. Okay. Yeah. So what that typically tends to mean is we probably become a little bit stiff or weak in our hips. And we tend to become a little bit stiff and weak through our upper back. And that, our upper back should rotate beautifully. We watch something like McElroy. I've got a great slow-mo video of McElroy swing when I, when I do some presentations in clubs. And you can see his upper back rotation is immaculate and beautiful. Now, your upper back, if that doesn't move very well, that should have quite a wide range of movement. Your lower back, however, shouldn't move it will rotate, but it shouldn't rotate very far. Yeah. So upper back should rotate around about 50 to 60 degrees. Your lower back is around about 10. So if you're down by, say, 15 to 20, I've had clients come in with like 30 degrees, so we're like 50% down on that upper back movement. Where, where are you going to create the range from? If you're a golfer, you're going to rotate. So your lower back is possibly going to try and do some of that rotation, and ultimately it might try and move by 12 degrees, but that's 20% more movement than it should do. Um, so that's normally one of the first things we look at with golfers is do your upper, does your upper back and do your hips move well enough and then ultimately the other one is are you strong enough again we come back to the biggest thing for injury prevention is strength training all the data is out there to show you there's loads of slides out there that will, will show you are you strong enough to do what you what you can do which is ultimately try and swing a golf club quickly and powerfully and if you're just not again the body's got to take it somewhere um, it's why you see people step out of a shot They'll swing it really hard and they have to step through. Well, it's either you don't have the range to, to use uh, and you have to fall out of it, or you're just not strong enough to stop it. You haven't got big enough brakes. Therefore, you have to slide like you would in a car. Yeah. You have to step through. So is that then going just, again, total random question now you've no, no. answered that. Somebody like, see, I'm a big, I was always a big believer when I was playing, obviously, like regional stuff and, and so on and so forth of, Swing wise, and I was taught of like the Ernie Owls, Fred Couples type of model, type nice, easy tempo swing to get your time yeah. bang on. Um, and now, obviously, you look at golfers and they're swinging hard, and they they are swinging hard <laughs> at the ball, and yeah. sort of differed a lot, isn't it? Is that is it? But then sometimes the clubhead speeds are not too dissimilar, are they? Sometimes, and like Owls are still 
I think 110, 120, I think in his peak. Uh, Fred Couples is still over way over the 110 mark. Uh, but I know you've got obviously guys now going up to the 130 mark, aren't they, clubhead speed-wise. Is, is it just purely down to the fitness side? Because I know someone like Al's, I know he worked out and stuff, but he would have just, his swing was his swing and that was it. He probably would have got a bit, he's a big strong guy anyway, don't get it wrong. Oh, you say yeah, yeah. The advantage Els has got is he's he's a giant. He's a big up, like like yeah. tall, long levered. So he's got the ability to kind of move effortlessly and look effortlessly, but moving pretty well because he's got long levers. That will like automatically means that that the club at the end of it is moving quickly. Yeah. So he's got a genetic a genetic advantage, which is why it's more impressive. Something like McElroy, who's only my height, yeah, um, kind of five eight, five nine, that he can hit it that far, and um, because he's able to create as much power. Um, excuse me, as as he can. Um, I think, yeah, the big thing with the guys getting to the 130s is is to a they try and hit it as hard as they possibly can. So it's all about intent, um, and they will practice that as well. And then yeah, they, they're they're starting to they're, they're understanding that they they need to get strong. So like the guys like Champ, Cameron Smith from over in Australia as well. They've like the Australians are brilliant. They've got an Australian Institute of Sport where they well, they've always I actually know the, the the head of the head of sports science now. He was the S and C coach for them, but um he they they've had that program in in Australia for years. England golf were a few years behind really. We've got a bit of a program, and then it kind of it shrunk a little bit, and it's starting to kind of they're they're starting to get it back up. Australia it's been there for like fifteen twenty years, and then they're really starting to see something like Cameron Smith. He's been through that since he was a young athlete. Um, since he was probably kind of into his teens, he's been doing regular S&C sessions. He's been doing a good quality warm before he hit the golf ball to both minimise injury, but also, more importantly, maximise performance. Mm. Yeah. Who Just but again, very quickly, again, it's not a question. Who, who started the whole sort of, oh, you say English Golf Union would be behind Australia for a while. Who's, who, who's the sort of main trendsetters in that? Was it America or something? Or was it... Do you know what? I don't, I don't know. Across the sports, I'd kind of go, I think everything... If we look at it from a model, I think Australia are the biggest country in the world that really put into sports science years ago. Right, okay. And everybody, the English Institute of, in the English Institute of Sport, Scottish, etc., Welsh Institute of Sport, Northern Irish, we've always copied the Australian model or, or mimicked the model off that because mm-hmm. they started doing it 15, 20 years ago, which is why they absolutely dominated back in the early 2000s at the Olympics. Yeah, and then yeah, we cool. started to kind of do that, which is then when you start to see British cycling and British rowing start yeah. to dominate 2000. 2012 um, and 2016 and we, we've yeah we've kind of almost been from that so I'd probably say sports science generally was was Australia and then ultimately you see one sport do it and do really well and another performance directors either have moved from that sport to another sport and have gone hang on that was really good I'm going to bring that with me or have gone hang on that looks really good I want a bit for my sport as well and that's where it kind of builds from there yeah, cool. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I, was, I just literally just thought of that. I thought I wanted to no, no. sort of innovated that, shall I say. Um, cool, okay. What about older golfers? Because I know, obviously, majority of golfers are, I think I looked at a stat the other day, it was like, I think the average age of a golf club member is 58, I think, off the top of my head. Yeah. I could be wrong. It could be 54, something like that. It's in the 50s anyway. Yeah. Obviously, they want, always want to play better golf. And, of course, their mindset would be to go, I'll go to the local pro and I'll just pick up the new driver. That will gave me 10 yards because I've lost a bit because I've got a bit older or a bit weaker. Or vice versa, I'll just, you know, I'll buy some new balls and get some lessons and job done. What would you say to those type of guys that would go, do you know what, actually, let's get fitter and, and stronger and so on and so forth. Would you say, give it? well, obviously, give it a go. Um, but what sort of the main advantages of them doing it? So that example I gave you of Neil earlier with the yep. club head speed, he's, he's, I mean, I don't think, he, I think he's just classified as a senior golfer. Right. Um, so um, okay. so there, there's your case in point from there. So we, we know as, you, as we age, we, we lose, like you said, we get weaker, we lose muscle mass, yep. Yep. we lose bone mass as well. So there's a, there's a risk for a health point of view as well. We become a little bit less mobile, but that's purely because we don't use it, not because we naturally, if you use it, you've got to keep it. That's why people who do yoga for their life are still mobile in their 80s and 90s. And actually normally that kind of person when they do do pilates do yoga those kind of things they're actually some of the healthiest people because they they move regularly um i think if anything it for for senior golfers or for kind of golfers well to be uh, 40 50 plus that have not really done any strength training you can have an even bigger impact in performance purely because they just haven't haven't done it before yeah not only do we improve their performance short term but you also improve their longevity in the game as well because it starts to diminish quite quickly once you hit a certain age, 
strength training and becoming a bit fitter and those kind of bits and pieces is, is not only great for your golf game, but it's also phenomenal for your general health. Let's, let's talk female golf. Um, females uh, from the age of kind of 50 onwards, they're at high risk of um, osteoporosis um, and, and bone issues. Strength training is the one thing that has been shown, one of the things that has been shown combined with a good diet, vitamin D, calcium supplementation, has been shown to significantly decrease that. So not only are we having an improvement in your performance and making you hit the golf ball further and have more fun playing the game again, coming back to that point of we all want to play better, we always want to enjoy it more, but we're also improving your health. You've got to be around to see your grandkids better. You've got to be able to play with your grandkids more. You're going to have more fun from that point of view. So, yeah, it's kind of looking at it from a wider point as well, as well as the golf improvements. It's a better quality of lifestyle across the board. Cool. Are you seeing more juniors sort of take up? I suppose now if you're probably, what, 16 playing county, Obviously, I know you've got to be aware of like the growth in you because I remember that back when I was uh, playing football and rugby back when I was younger and stuff. I guess now um, you might get more juniors to sort of come and look at it because I go, oh, look, Jasamba's doing that. So if I want to get a root top level, I've got to smash it 330, like, which basically you do now. That's one of the well, key you, advantages. So You do totally. And the scary thing is, is we look at kind of, I don't know what the stats are now. If you look at web.com tour, um, you look at the challenge tour, yeah. I think there's a guy called Jack Wells who works at the PGA uh, uh, and he's doing, he does the level one, he does the sports science for the PGA qualification. He's also doing a research, he's doing S&C research. If you look at some of the ball speed, uh, the, the ball speeds are actually potentially higher in challenge tour than they are in main tour because you've got a lot of young buds trying to get there and what mm-hmm. the big armour they can do is they can hit the ball further and dominate golf courses. And yeah, I think junior golfers are exactly the same. I think two, two things there, again, we come back to the point of making them better athletes means that they're going to they're gonna be in the game for longer because they're, they're going to be stronger. They're going to be less likely to get injured again. But, but also, that they're, they're going to be able to out-hit their, their competitors and that, that's going to be the big thing. That's why you see in rugby and football, the younger the guys that are developed earlier are normally the guys that play in the pro sports because they've developed earlier. In their cases, they can run quicker, they can kick the ball further, they can hit the ball, they can hit the tackle harder. In golf, as you see an early developer, they're going to be bigger, they're going to be stronger, they're going to have longer levers, they're going to hit the ball further. So it wouldn't surprise me if maybe it would, we're going to be behind the curve a little bit than other sports because I don't think it's people draw towards football, yeah. rugby, those kind of things. And that's where the money is in contracts. So I think you won't see it as much in golf, but it wouldn't surprise me. There's a few outliers that are early developers that will, will, will push on early in golf because of that, because they hit the ball further. Yeah. Um, and again, it's coming back to that appreciation of people are understanding that golfers are athletes. Um, and junior golfers are athletes as well. And yes, we need to be mindful of when they develop and, and they grow. They go through peak height velocity and peak weight velocity. But me with my clients, we, well, not at the moment because we're not in the gym, but I'll see clients and we'll track their height and weight for every session. If I see a, a junior once a month, once every other week, once a month they will be jumping on the scales, they will be jumping on the stadiometer and we'll be recording their height and weight. And when they go through that massive spike and you see it literally jump up, we're on the phone to mum, dad and coach and going, we just need to be aware of this because they're going through a lot. We probably need to pull their calories up. They need some more fuel because not only they got all the stress of everything else, well, they're trying to get taller. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, cool. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I know we mentioned about there's probably not much difference between a regular PT and sort of what you're doing, apart from probably more strength training, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's I think it's the, the major difference. It might not look different, but it's it's definitely the thought process behind it yeah. and the understanding of of not just kind of, again, I think if we mindlessly do something, that's where you do lose your mobility and you could be trying to do something well, but you then become stiffer potentially. And actually it's looking at the whole thing and kind of ensuring of why are we doing it and making sure that we're getting an outcome rather than just simply flogging somebody. Um, Everybody likes to feel like they've worked hard and we can do that, but let's do it smart. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, I was just thinking just for guys that are overweight, probably say say some yourself instead of just going out of the gym, but if you love golf, there might be just like going see the golf PT man I'm thinking just that naturally I thought because you're probably training for something that you actually well love doing that's playing golf on a Saturday or Sunday and if you're improving yeah it's just ultimately you want to find a driver as to what's going to help um, improve the chances of change and long-term change as well so if you enjoy golf that your game of golf then well let's look at trying to make you fitter stronger for that and if one of the byproducts is that we go actually my first goal is to get better at golf okay I want to get pain-free, potentially second. My third one is I'd actually like to lose a bit of weight. Well, okay, well, we can do that. Let's look at starting to track calories and let's look at what you're eating. And simple wins of rather than going, right, here's a really restrictive calorie diet and get a quick change, but it, it not last. Let's look at giving you some good healthy habits. Are we sleeping seven, eight hours a night? 
Are we drinking two to three liters of water a day? Probably three to four at the moment, given the heat. Are we eating five to nine fruit and veg a day? Are we having three meals and, a, and one or two snacks? What are they like? What are the makeup? And, and going down that kind of healthier start to start with and building some really good quality habits. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're not just going to be, I'm assuming from what I've looked at website as well, and you sort of touched on it earlier, you're not just going to be health and fitness as such. You do look at the mental side of it as well quite a bit. I'm going to assume from what you were saying earlier. So is there sort of mental tips or what, what do you look at from the mental side? Are you saying because you're not fit enough, you're going to make those mistakes or do you look, do you dive more into it, into the mental side of the game? Cause it's huge in golf, probably more yeah. than anything else that I've played sport wise. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, uh, yeah, definitely agree with that. And especially because ultimately in, in our sport, it is literally you at a club and a golf ball. And there is no, no excuse, not a team sport where you go, well, I passed you the ball, but you didn't make the run. Yeah. Well, is that my fault for passing the ball or your fault for not making the run? Like, so there's, there is nowhere to hide. And I think it's also what you see in certain, certain players on the, on the elite level. They're, like, they'll go through caddies, they'll go through coaches. Not as common as it used to be. But it was very, it's a very easy way of, that, that's a good easy way of pushing responsibility away from somebody and not really dealing with it. Um, I do a, we'll, we'll chat around it. But um, if we're going to have to really dive into kind of some deeper kind of psychological interventions, then I'll, again, like I said earlier about coaches referring and, and me referring, I'll refer out to a specialist. Um, so there's a couple of guys that I work with that are sports psychs directly, um, a couple of guys and girls that I work with. So I've got kind of quite a good referral pathway that if the client is, is really struggling with that, then, then I'll send them their way. Do you look at that with nutrition as well? Or do you sort of take control of that, especially when you're the elite golfer or, you have a guys that you're sort of PT in as well, and sort yeah, of yeah, a, a bit of both to be honest. Uh, again, got referral pathways to good, very good nutritionists, and if somebody wants to really go into detail, then yeah, I'll probably look to refer out to those uh, to, to both um, Han and 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 Caroline, um, purely because I've, I've got a good level of knowledge in that. And like I said, I'd, I'd always start. Let's get the basics. Let's get the building blocks right. That's my that's my knowledge, and and it's that kind of thing again with that junior athlete development. But if we're really starting to look into some detailed interventions, then uh, I might be doing them a disservice by not being able to do it right. So would then refer out. But the most nutrition I'm pretty um, I'm comfortable with talking around and getting and getting going um, to a certain level. Uh, and then again, we'll refer out from that point of view. Cool. So um, every single golfer, and, I'll, and I'm guilty of this, even though I know better, I should know better because knowledge-wise is up there, is that I'll rush and go to the golf course, pay me medal fee, go uh, a bottle of water and then straight to the first tee, hit about 15 minutes of putting and then on the first tee and then he'll either go dead straight or go out, go out of bounds or whatever. For anybody who hasn't got the time because of family, which is obviously more work, yeah. uh, especially if you've been sat in your house all day and then you go and play on the Thursday night medal, say at the golf club, what would you say to a quick warm-up? Is, is it stretching or is it try and make the time to go and hit 20 balls or is there anything that you'd recommend? So Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd probably try and do a bit of both if that's possible. So if you've got a net and you can hit you can hit 10 to 15 shots, then go and do that. Um, there would be some simple movements that I'd want you to do, um, uh, kind of getting that upper back moving, getting those hips moving from there. Those are going to be the bits, especially if you've been at home or, or you've been at work all day where we've been seated. You've just not used it. You've just not rotated through there. So what, there are a couple of simple things that we can do, which are not going to look too, too out of the ordinary, kind of hitting some shapes. And then it's about rehearsing the swing and having a, a clear swing thought on what you want to go out and achieve um, would be the kind of simple thing. Because if you've got five minutes, and, and at the moment it's prime example, we're only allowed to get to the club 10 to 15 minutes before the tee-off time, depending yeah. on your club rules. So actually at the moment, warm-ups are even more important um, to be really concise. Now, I'm fortunate and I know how much it makes an impact. So um, I played on Monday. I spent 15, 20 minutes at home doing some work, jumped in the car, drove for 20 minutes to the club where I played and then did a quick five minutes and again almost a bit of a rewarm and I still had quite a bit of the effect that I'd done at home before I went out now unfortunately I, like, it's what I do for a living so it would be wrong of me to not do it um, and I know how much it makes a difference um, but yeah there are, there are one or two things that we'd be looking at getting you to do I definitely think hitting some golf balls is important you need to rehearse that full swing because if you've not done it all day it's, you, you, you don't know what's going to happen on the first tee do you uh, and then, but I think before that, I'd be definitely want you to do five minutes worth of some movement stuff, get that upper back moving, get those hips moving. And then to finish with, it's probably doing some jumping or something along those lines, if you're pain-free and able to, or some speedier squats or something like that to get used to using the floor. Got you. Okay. 
that's interesting. Okay. I suppose then it depends on if the golfer's got the, uh, I suppose once with a better word, balls to do it on the first tee, but squatting and just... just yeah, like, yeah, totally. And, and that's things, depending what your, what your facility's like, uh, like the course you work at, if the net's out of the way, then by all means go and do it quickly in the net. So you take your bag over there, you get a couple of golf balls on the floor, you do it there, you hit your shots, and then you're onto the first tee. That's the way I'd try and do it. Because ultimately, how many of us have, uh, have done it? I've felt guilty of doing it in the past. You stand on the first tee, you block it right. You then try and hit, right, well, I'm going to hit a 9 iron in because I hit a 9 iron 150 yards. It's an easy number to work off. And it's just short, okay? Stand on the next tee, do the same. Third tee, oh, I feel a little bit looser. Fourth tee, right, I'll rip this driver. And you finally hit it, A, how you want to, and B, your distance you want to. Well, if we've done a five-minute warm-up, 10-minute warm-up before that, we might have been able to do that. Worst case scenario, on the second hole and not the first hole, and I'm not three down on my Thursday medal, and I'm only playing nine holes. So actually, that's pretty much the game gone already. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly that. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. The other thing with that one, just to jump in, uh, the really yeah, odd yeah. one. I've got seven months old, turning eight months old. Hopefully, at some point, you mentioned about football and, and rugby. What was the first thing you did as a junior when you got to football? You might have a little bit of a kick around, but what would the coach have got you to do beforehand? Yeah, warm up, yeah. Stretch. Exactly. Every other sport, you would have gone for a, a lap around the pitch. Probably you would have done some dynamic warm-ups. You would have done some technical work. You would have then done some speed. You'd probably done some sprinting, then gone into your first drill. Golf is the only sport we don't do that. Name another sport where they do that. There isn't. How many sports can you say they rock up, pay their fee, grab a Mars bar and a bottle of Coke and walk onto the first tee and expect to then shoot under their handicap? just doesn't work. And if it does, great. But are you going to be able to do it next week and the week after and the week after and the week after? It's consistent, is it? It's, I suppose it's yeah. building the consistency, isn't it? As, as you yeah. Said. We're just trying to minimise the chance of, you, of it not going right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I suppose that's all you're doing, isn't it? Is you're giving them the extra tools for that, isn't it? That's, I suppose what it is. And the knowledge as well, more than anything yeah. else. Just giving you more chance. And ultimately, that, you've still got to go around the course and shoot your, your 82, yeah. your 79, your 77, your whatever your score is, your 73. You've still got to go and do it, but we make it a lot bloody easier to do it rather than... <laughs> exactly. The game is hard enough, hard enough. As it is. I keep saying that. My, my mates are having lessons and I've said, I said, it's hard enough. Just go and hit it. Like, sometimes you've just got to go and hit it at times. And it's yeah. Too much thought process, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of, obviously, that I think for fitness and what you do in terms of questions I was going to ask, that's pretty much me done. But one question I'm going to ask is there something that I haven't asked that you'll, you you want to get out there? If I've missed anything, I don't know if I have. I'm sure I have, not being a, a fitness guy like yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. I think, I think the last point we've just gone through is, is probably, we kind of went through my bugbears at the beginning. My other bugbear is probably is lack of warm-ups and those kind of things. Um, I think it's ultimately the main thing is, is not being afraid. I know it's kind of golf fitness and we see the pros doing it. But if anything, the pros have done it for that long, that it, they're talking it's the 1%, 2%. Okay, Bryson's taking it to the next level, that he's yeah. got the big 10% step. But I would almost argue the difference between Bryson and a normal pro now with the distance is the potential difference we have in a club golfer. Yeah. Uh, I've got a few clients I've worked with for a long period, for a, one, uh, for a period of time now, that are making some big differences. And, and they're just moving up. They're just getting better golfers. And all that happens is they then move into the next category. Obviously, I know category golfers are getting uh, are going uh, with the new handicap rules. But they're going from into cap one golfers because they've always been a 10 handicapper. We've got them hitting the ball better because they're moving better and they're hitting the ball further. Well, they're now into a cap five. They're now playing a different field of golfers who some are already doing that kind of fitness work. And, uh, and it's becoming the new norm, I think, really. Um, Cool. Yeah, I think warm ups are the biggest thing, and then ultimately just um, just yeah, not being afraid of strength training, and and it does have a massive, massive impact to your golf game. Nice, nice, nice. I knew there'd be something like that. That's probably the main thing, isn't it? That you're saying. What um, in terms of cool stories or golf stories or fun stories or even clients that you deal with in terms of some success stories. Have you got any of them? I know you said earlier that you've had a, had a chap increases. I think you said with his seven iron, um, about seven miles per hour, was it? Or eight yeah, seven, eight, yeah, seven, eight mile an hour was from, uh, so another pro that, um, so a, a pro player who's been kind of, um, I've worked with for a little while. Um, he, we, we kind of had him and we did some form of, some parts of assessment. And this is where I kind of don't just do the strength stuff. We look at actually how you can move and control your body as well. A little bit of Bimex stuff. We were looking at some of his movements, and he had all the ranges. He was relatively strong. He just didn't know how to use his body right. The yeah. way I kind of uh, look at it is, is ultimately, if you've got a car that's phenomenal and your driver hasn't got a clue, you ain't going to go very quick. 
Um, and that was what that was what he was just struggling with. And actually, we looked at some specific patterns and, and we saw quite a quick, and we're talking like a week, an increase from kind of 115s into the low 120s because he'd learned how to hit that certain shape. And that then just meant ultimately it was, it was pelvic rotation. He couldn't really get his hips to go left with his upper body staying there, so creating X factor, or he wasn't doing it as well as he could do. Um, we gave him some specific, get me to that, um, work to do. And instantly we saw, we kind of saw that kind of 115, 116 into the 122, 121. And um, then we then lay on strength training work on top of that. And then you're seeing mid 125s, 126s. And the important, the other thing is, is then he doesn't have to use that all the time. Bryson's, Bryson's a perfect casting point last week at Harbour Town. He didn't try and hit the ball at 200 mile an hour. He just did what he needed to do to get around. And he had a pretty decent finish. I know we didn't win it. And that's what, Everybody will turn around and go, well, he didn't win, so it's not working. Where it's week two of being back on the PGA Tour. Let's give him, let's give him six weeks and see where he averages over those six weeks. Be interesting to see how he does. Um, because we know longer hitters earn more money on the PGA Tour. It's simple. Yeah. It's, it's, unfortunately, it's not, it's not putting. It's, first and foremost, you've got to be able to put, don't get me wrong. You can't be awful with a flat stick. There's, um, there's unfortunately DJs proving a little bit at the moment. Um, but if you're top 10 in the world at driving, you're going to be earning some serious time. Yeah, well, yeah. No, I was going to say, he's up there every week so far, isn't he? He's up there again yesterday. So, obviously, he's yeah. right. And something's obviously working. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, that's going to have a big big step of play. Um, in terms of client-wise, you got any clients that are, well, famous or tall-edged? You said you've got a few guys like that or any up-and-comers that we should be aware of? Do you think? Yeah, so, I've worked, yeah. So, kind of, I mean, from a junior point of view, I'm really fortunate to work with a couple of good, really kind of, like, 15, 16 junior golfers, so, there's a, a, a 13, 14-year-old that I work with out of Coventry who's a scratch golfer who's making some really good improvements. Ryan Gavin, we've got Seb Cave out of the Belfry, who are both good juniors. Grace Barron, who I work with again um, from Worcestershire, who's kind of a, a one handicap kind of 15-year-old female golfer. All three, at well, Seb and, Seb and Grace are on kind of the England pathways. Ryan hopefully will be next year. Um, he's had a really good year from that point of view. Uh, and then pro-wise, uh, so I worked a bit with Rich Mantle earlier this year, which was really cool uh, and saw some we saw some really good wins um, working with Harry Connick as well, who's played on, again, both play on Jamiga Tour uh, and then also Flick Johnson, who's also a local lass um, from, from Hagley, um, uh, sorry, Hales Owen and, uh, and Harborn Way. And she played on the LET Tour as well. Um, so that's, that's, that's kind of uh, kind of the select group that I'm working with at the moment. And then also just working with other good club golfers as well. Work with a few teaching pros locally as well, which is pretty cool as well. So they're doing... Um, from a range from up Drayton, Hagley as well. Cool. Yeah. yeah I was going to say that's um, a good bunch then by the sounds of it, a good bunch of them diverse as well. There are all sorts of different. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's really cool. I mean, I'd love to work. Ultimately my, my aim is to try and help as many golfers play as best as they can. So it'd be really cool. Uh, I know you said, mentioned Morgan. We, we spoke earlier this year. I know he works with Matt out of, um, out of, I can't think of the gym that he works out of. But he works with Matt at the moment. So we, me and Morgan spoke earlier this year. That didn't work out because he's working with Matt and Nathan doing a great job through there as well. Um, and yeah, ultimately, I just want to see and help as many golfers play as best the golf as possible. That's the main aim is, is first and foremost, juniors and, and amateurs enjoy the game more um, and pros ultimately, hopefully, hit the ball better and earn more money ultimately from their point of view. That's what they're doing the game for. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, sort of um, tradition now to sort of finish off really is I'll ask you a couple of questions on who do you think the best driver would iron wedge and putter player is on tour. And yeah, then yeah. give you a chance to sort of plug yourself at the end and sort of go through it that way. Um, who have you got? As you, I think you mentioned it earlier. I think McElroy and McElroy is sort of my favourite. But in terms of best driver on tour, who do you think? Or who I, think you, I think you're probably going to have to be saying McElroy for consistency and longevity, like of how long he's been just consistently hitting the ball as well. DJ would be up there for just some of the monster drives. And I suppose the other one has to be has to, has to be Bryson from a male game point of view. Uh, Anna Van Dam on the ladies LET tour is also phenomenal as well. She hits the ball a long way on the LET tour as well. Um, so yeah, so from a female point of view, she would be the uh, would be the best driver that I know of on the, on the female tour as well. See her. See, I we I did one about the ultimate golfer, and we talked about golf swings and looks. I said she's got a cracking swing. Like everything's there, isn't it? Where you need it to be. I was like, there's nothing yeah. that swing. Like you'd take that and probably copy that to anybody else if you could i was gonna say if you could download that and yeah. sell it you'd make a lot of money yeah it's, it's an amazing swing um again tour players female or, or male 
Uh, Woodwise, do you think good wood player or best out there at the moment? Could be one or the other, or just one. Um, oh, that's a great question. I, I normally go straight. Probably to twenty years ago, twenty years ago, probably a wood player would have a lot of influence, and now they're driver iron, isn't it? Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It is, isn't it? There's, there aren't many par fives where you're gonna get get that kind of. I think from a, from a ladies' game, from what I've seen, Carly Booth is pretty decent with a with a driver and a wood in her hand. I mean, she's a decent player across the board. Yeah. Um, I don't think she had a great knock yesterday on the Rose Series. Um, trying to think from the male game. I'll help you out. I've got one. Garcia. Every time. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Minces it, doesn't he, with a free wood? It's a yeah, yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, yeah. Forget about oh, it. Sounds really bad. No, I say forget about him. It's kind of... <laughs> just, just... I don't know what you Spanish. mean. Yeah, yeah. Whoops. Next. <laughs> How about iron players? Um, do you know what? For, for, from a male game point of view, like Spieth, okay, admittedly, the, uh, the kind of... Uh, Famous Augusta kind of didn't go quite so well. I like Spieth. I, I quite like a bit of an, kind of bit of a funky swing in patches. But yeah, just the connection when I've I've seen him hit is it, just just phenomenal. Quite, I really like it. And it, and and his mentality as well, especially at that young age when he won the when he when he did win um, Augusta for those two years, that that was pretty impressive. Oh, phenomenal as well. Yeah, he did pretty well. I, mean, I think again when you say for a, like a funky swing sometimes, but. Uh, I followed him at the opener. He does actually crunch it. And a lot of people don't. I think you look at his swing and you go, no, nah, it doesn't quite crunch it like, say, a Keimer or a Westwood or a Garcia. Yeah. But it, does, it gives it a good, great flight, in my opinion. But um, yeah. yeah, Westwood's also one that actually, yeah, I, I, I'm, for me personally, I, there's a few swings, what I view of Lee Westwood's swing, I almost feel like I try and do in patches. It looks quite a compact, yeah. quite tight swing. That, that, for me, when I try and swing the off, it feels quite what I try and feel. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, Lee Westwood's a good chat as well. Uh, which player? Either tour or... I think uh, I'm going to go back to him because I've already said him from a driving point of view, but McElroy, when he's hitting that kind of three-quartery, low-flighted, spinny one, is, uh, is, is, is cool. It's is dangerous to watch. Um, yeah, that, that would probably be my... Uh, yeah, probably be my main one from that point of view. Yeah, definitely. How about Putter? Behind the greens. Mm. I'll be honest, because I'm slightly biased. I'm really interested in everybody hitting the ball a long way and the driving, and I kind of like that. This is going to sound really like really bad from that point <laughs> so of view. You're looking at numbers, not like oh, I put yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Well, are you on the green in two? Yeah, perfect. Par five, brilliant. Right next, you can you can <laughs> do whack and you still got a birdie. Um, kind of one of those. Uh, it's a little. That's that's bad. Um, can't say McElroy again because he's pretty. He's, he's, not known for being like he's a great ball striker, but not necessarily uh, as phenomenal with a flat stick. Um, do you know what? I actually don't know, honest answer. Okay, okay. I'm going to have to do a bit of research. What are your thoughts? So mine is what obviously grew watching Tiger. Yeah, that's clutch, it. in the clutch. You name me somebody better than yeah, I'd congratulate. That, that is very true, actually. And you look at again going back to stats and data. I know a company called Sam Put Lab who do all the data stuff on there. Can't remember who it was who said it, but I remember reading someone. They were like, they've never seen Tiger or anybody since Tiger who can return a putter at exactly the same point, like same dimple on the golf ball, um, and they've got data on it to kind of show that, like how scarily good he is. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, um, the other one, I, and it was literally up to a point uh, before he sort of went off last season. Now he's starting to come back into the frame of things. Was Spieth? I think before yeah. Woods, and that yeah, that's true. He was injured. Spieth was. Well, dangerous when he felt flat. Yeah, like, and, and also so different with his kind of look from kind of what is it from eight feet? Yeah, seven no, but, foot, isn't it? Doesn't like literally set up right, nosing at the hole, and that's it. It's in. Yeah, and he's looking at the flat at the hole as well. And by the way, anybody needs to try that, try it because I've tried it and it does improve your putting. Like, oh, does it? Really, okay. Yeah, trust. It's a Bob Rotella thing where you just look at the target. You take all stroke and um, what's the word technical. Uh, element of the putting stroke out of the equation you're just looking at target that's why kids are so good at chipping and putting they're just they're just automatic yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about the putting stroke so that's that's sort of the, the reasoning behind it it does work so yeah if i'm having a bad day i'll go back to that sometimes okay is there anybody that you know or anybody that you think i should be asking to get on the podcast i always ask everybody this or try to uh so i mean yeah I mean, from a from a performance, we we, we touched on kind of mental um, mental games, and there's a, a Lyle who I've worked with a little bit, Spark Performance. He's done some work with Phil again at the Belfry, and also um, 
the guys up at Three Hammers as well. It's a sports site. He'd be a great one to have on. I did a bit of an Instagram live with him um, back at the beginning of lockdown where we looked at kind of routines and how we can kind of look at, we, we were looking at daily routines of how we, or weekly routines of how we can use those to helpfully look after ourselves in lockdown and ultimately kind of get some more out of a few bits and pieces. He'd be, I think, a, be, a, be a cool one to get on. Um, from a technical point of view, from a golf coach point of view, um, I'd probably look, somebody who's pretty cool because also where he works as well would be, if he could, I don't know how busy he's, busy man, would be John Howells, but he's the head pro at um, JCB's golf course. Um, so I don't know, I know he's extremely busy, so I don't know if he would have time to do it, but he'd be a cool one to get on, partly because he, so he, he spent time out in Dubai and then came back to the, the role over at, at JCB. So firstly, that's a phenomenal setup. Um, and it's a shame the Rose series isn't being televised. Sky Sports, shame on you. Um, yeah, because yeah, but, uh, they are at JCB in a couple of weeks' time. So straight up, that would be phenomenal just to watch their competitive golf on that course. It's the first European event on that course. Um, and they've got phenomenal plans to hopefully host big major events in the future. So that, that should be televised Sky Sports. If anybody's ever listening. Uh, if anybody from there is listening, then get on a campaign because that should be televised of the golf. I said um, the other week, just sorry to interrupt, I said that the other week, I said of all the, the, the good that Rose has done and for all the good that Sky's reporting on it, no, no cameras are there. I was like... No. No. I appreciate there's everything going on with COVID and stuff like that, but like, there's a lot of camera people out there that are probably kicking around not doing loads, um, which is then leaving the likes of like Jamiga Tour and those other mini tours to kind of hold up and... Uh, is it the Pro 2020 Tour? Yeah. They've got, a, they've got, it was televised or, or on, um, uh, not televised, sorry, it was on uh, YouTube Live. Uh, I don't know how much, I didn't see it. I was actually working, so I haven't seen it, what, what the coverage is like. I don't know if it's just off the first tee or, or what, but I know they're, they're kind of televising to a certain extent. Jamiga Tour are doing on-course walking around. They've got Nathan, I can't even surname, uh, who's now a director with them. He's doing like kind of a, almost role room reports on the course, um, kind of Instagram live and Instagram um, TV and stuff like that. There is some live British golf on there, but yeah, considering that is the pinnacle of female golf in this country, in Europe at the moment, yep. it's a shame that it's not been televised. Yeah, 100%. I'm going to swear then I won't, but um, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say you can yeah. if you want. <laughs> you I was going to go, I was almost about to cap off part of your audience potentially there, but I haven't put an explicit on there. But yeah, it's a crying <laughs> shame that that's not being televised because there's some really good golf being played. Megan, uh, Megan uh, I can't even surname, picture of face, McLaren. Yeah. Um, yeah, three under yesterday. But there was, what, five ladies at under par and everybody else was over par. Yeah. Phenomenal shooting. Yeah, yeah. And she tore it up as well, didn't she? I saw her card. Yeah. And and I think she had a penalty for hitting the wrong ball as well, well at one point. Did she? So she was three under with a penalty. <laughs> like, phenomenal. So she would have been like potentially like five deep. Yeah, man. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, that's good shooting, that is. Especially in yesterday's heat. Oh, yeah. Um, this is, we'll sort out the end now. This is your time to richly take as long as you need and plug yourself and just go for it, really, to anybody who's listening. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think, I think like we've kind of highlighted so far, is, is everybody will happily pay for lessons. Uh, they'll go and buy the latest, latest driver and stuff. And I think, I think we, we could be smarter with our money from that point. I mean, whether that's me and you come and see me or you go another see another golf, a golf fitness guy um, or just even start off getting strong and getting into gym when they reopen. I think now we've all got a brilliant window and opportunity with staff, people being furloughed. Um, I know it's tough times for some people, but actually we've got time to invest in our games at the moment and set some great habits in place for next winter. Um, so for me, it would be really simple. If I, I offer a 90-minute screening. From that point onwards, there is no commitment. It's literally the 90 minutes. Um, you pay for the 90 minutes. You get a report. You get exercises to go away to work on. We get you swinging the golf club. If it's in the gym, we get you swinging the club there and then to help you improve it. If it's virtually like it is a lot of the time at the moment, we'll give you exercises so you get a full report, which you can take to your pro. You then get all the exercises and videos. And then if you want regular sessions off the back of that, you can. If you just want that and it's almost a bit of an MOT and assessment, we, we stop there and you learn, ultimately learn a little bit more about your body from that point of view. And then off, off the back of that, if, if somebody isn't local to me um, and I, I do work with, guys and girls around the world remotely where we have a, I have an online online system. So we use an app where it's straight onto your phone. You get all your exercises. We do a couple of virtual, we do a virtual session and assess a testing session to start off with and everything then is remote. So if there's anybody kind of around the world that doesn't fit into our time zone, 
then we've got systems of helping them play better golf. And I think, I think over the next year, especially seeing Bryson do it, I think people are going to start realizing, and why not be ahead of the curve? Why not be ahead of your mates that might start doing it next summer or might start doing it in the winter? Club champs aren't that far away, and we can, we can seriously make a big difference to your golf game within, within three, four weeks. If, if, if that, with some movement stuff, you can see a difference within two weeks. Um, that, that example of that pro there where we saw nearly kind of six, seven mile an hour speed just from a movement bit, um, we, we can see that. And if anything, it's probably a little bit bigger, bigger for, for your club golfers. But ultimately, yeah, it's, it's all about helping you enjoy the game more and, and getting that bit that you use on every shot a bit better, which is your body, but Yeah, exactly. And your website and Instagram and Twitter? And so, yeah, so uh, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook are really simple. It's at the Golf PT. You can find me on, on there. I'm also on Twitter at the, at the Ray Jateman, but I don't really use it, to be honest. It's all through my main account. So yeah, if you search for me on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook, it's at, at the Golf PT, mainly on Twitter and Instagram. And then my website is um, www.golfpt.co.uk. If you kind of go on there, it's got kind of a contact page. But again, all my social media platforms have a contact page. So if you jump on there, if you drop me a DM and kind of mention that we've been on the Golf Chat Show, let, let's kind of have a, have a hookup and a chat. I'm offering free kind of 15, 20-minute phone calls for any, for any new potential client. So whether you take me up on a screening offer, that's completely up to you. But we can chat for 20 minutes on the phone. We'll dive in, learn about your golf game and actually go, well, what, what, what's stopping you getting from a 15 handicapper down to a 10 handicapper, 10 down to 5, 5 down to scratch, or it might even be 25 down to 10. Let, let's kind of look at, let's look and find out actually, even if you go away from that phone call and go, oh, actually, I know what I need to do. I'm not going to do it just yet. I'm going to see Ray maybe in a couple of months time. That's fine. But yeah, offering free kind of phone calls, all you just need to do is just drop us a message on, on any of those platforms above and uh, we'll hook a time up and get a phone call in the diary. Cool. Excellent. That's, um, I've learned quite a bit, Ray, to be honest with you. I've learned more than I probably thought I would do, which is good. So I'm sure people that are listening um, would do as well. So that's good. Um, I appreciate you coming on. It's been much no, thanks for I know you've got a pretty much shoot in a sec. Um, so, okay. so thanks for coming on. And again, no. anybody who needs any help with the sort of the fitness type of thing, he's your man. He's the golf PT, as I've said. The I am indeed. Um, so anybody who's listening, again, thanks for listening. Please subscribe. Please keep going. More people listen. The more people, more times I will do this, and I'll try and get different riders, different guests on, like I have done. Go PT guy, pros, YouTuber on the other day. So yeah, we'll just I'll just keep doing it. So thanks for that. It's much appreciated. It's been the golf chat show. Thanks, Ray. Cheers, Dave.